Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wild. Welcome back to Wild On, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of women's wrestling on Wednesdays. The past three months have been an absolute blast. Wild On has become my favorite place to catch up with my old friends, make some fantastic new friends, and talk about the sport we know and love, professional wrestling. But the best part is you. For the past three months, at the end of every episode, I've been asking for input, ideas, and questions from you, the listener. And damn, have you answered the call. Not only have you showered me with positive reinforcement and support, you have also asked some great questions. So my wonderful wildlings, this episode is for you. Your questions answered, your voices heard. This is Taylor Wilde raw. The good, the bad, and of course, the realness. Hi, Taylor. What is the best part and worst part of traveling with TNA? TNA allowed me to travel not only the country, but also the world. I mean, I've seen places I might never have gotten close to. And each new location introduced me to a new, diverse group of fans who are as excited about wrestling as I am. I've been so lucky. I got to visit and perform in some epically historic places. Like, seriously. I know I've mentioned it before, but honestly, Wembley Arena was probably the most mind-blowing. It wasn't just the size of the arena or the number of fans. It was the magic of standing center stage somewhere with such a rich history. The Rolling Stones played there. U2, Adele, Kendrick Lamar... And me? On top of all of that, I got to do these trips with some of my favorite people. If you've been listening along, you've heard some of our stories. Sarah, Angelina, Madison, everyone. We have shared so much work, but also so much hilarity. And they're nuts. (laughs) But as am I. It's a hazard of the profession. If you've ever seen a group of wrestlers on a flight, you'll know. They are a motley crew, to say the least. Now more than ever in my life, I know that is exactly where I fit in. Home sweet home. Okay, but I'm not going to over-sugarcoat it. There were negatives to all that travel. (laughs) Of course there were. The main one was just the burnout. It's a lot of waiting in airports, living out of suitcases, working out, then going to a promotional event, then doing a match, then going to another promotional event, then trying to find something decent to eat in a foreign country at 2 a.m. with only a vending machine in the lobby. At first, it's nothing but excitement, but it takes a toll. And trying to keep a relationship alive back home, good luck, is exhausting physically and emotionally. But I'm not complaining. In fact, travel is one of the things I miss most. It's all an experience. 
Every disaster makes a great story later. And some of my most cherished moments happened while I was traveling overseas. I'm insanely thankful for each unique experience. Even the Skid Row motels, I've had the displeasure of inhabiting for a night. At least there was usually Dunkin' Donuts close by. Hi, Taylor. Uh, what's your favorite memory from a European tour? <laughs> that one's easy. Hands down, having the entire arena in Bournemouth, England, sing me happy birthday. Again, if you've been here since the beginning of Wild On, this will not come as a surprise. You probably know it's one of my favorite moments. Truthfully, nothing, nothing compares to the feeling of 10,000 people directing their voices just to you. It's one of those moments that doesn't go away. You carry it in your heart forever. I still remember it like it happened yesterday. And I don't remember much after all the concussions. <laughs> joking. Not joking. Another moment happened in Holland on a smoke boat. But you only asked for one story. So maybe I'll hold on to that for the next time. Hey Taylor, have you ever wrestled in South America? I have not had the pleasure. No. Why? Do you know someone? Call me. Hi, Taylor. Enjoying the podcast. What advice would you give to someone who wants to be in the wrestling business? As you can imagine, this is a big one. My best advice? Be humble. Be hungry. Be eager to learn be tenacious, and have a ferocious ability to advocate for yourself and for the love of 90s alt-rock. Have a plan B. Wrestling can not be your one and only. I've seen it happen time and time again. I've seen it chew people up and spit them back out. Regardless of what you might think, putting all your eggs in one basket doesn't make you a better wrestler. Only a more dependent one. Having a plan B actually makes you more interesting and less disposable and infinitely more confident. Hey Taylor, if wrestling hadn't worked out for you, which I'm glad it did, what was your plan B? Aw, thank you. Well, just like most of you, I'm sure my plans changed as I got older. Originally, my plan B was just to finish a university degree, which I did. Just not exactly when and how I had originally planned it. I did what most of us do, right? I started my honors bachelor of arts in psychology right after high school, then kept chipping away at it while working with WWE, and then while on the road working full-time with TNA. I wouldn't recommend doing both at once, but it can be done. Actually, my first dream job was to be in the military, this is when I was like mm, 12 years old. Then I wanted to become a doctor specializing in women's health. Makes total sense, right? Now I look back and there was a theme there, right? On some level, I knew I wanted to be a frontline worker in medicine or emergency services. The only thing I knew for sure is I could never be a cop. I mean, no shade. I've met some great cops. I just personally could never be one. Paramedic came close, but in the end, firefighter was the right fit. And 
I have never regretted it for a moment. I love my job for a million different reasons. It was the perfect plan B for me. What is the hardest part of the wrestling game? Okay, this answer might not be what you're expecting. It isn't the bruises or the sprains or getting slammed around a ring. To me, the hardest part about being a wrestler is having an absolute sense of self. Stay with me here. What does that mean exactly? It means you must be unapologetically you and fight for your right to party. <laughs> okay, but seriously, here's the thing about the wrestling business. You are constantly reminded of how disposable you are. There are always younger, better looking options nipping at your heels. And that's not an exaggeration. So you will always have to be consistently your best. Consistency means bringing it. No matter how shitty you feel, no matter what else is happening in your life, no one else is going to do it for you. And every time you slack off, that younger, stronger, better looking option who's ready to take your place, they'll be waiting. So be consistent or find something else to do. Let's face it. You can teach a monkey how to wrestle. Rob Fuego said it twice, two episodes ago. Anyone can learn the moves. The X factor is being able to do the same moves and say the same things on the mic that has been said since the beginning of wrestling time, but making it uniquely authentic to you and your character sounds easy, right? Not. Oh my God, I just aged myself so horribly right there. Borat's still cool, right? <laughs> it's what sets The Rock apart from, well, absolutely everybody else. But that doesn't mean you couldn't be The Rock too. You just have to be willing to consistently give your best. No excuses. Hi, Taylor. How did you decide to become a firefighter? I'll be honest with you, I wasn't one of those kids who ran around playing with fire trucks. As I said, it was a progression. When I seriously decided to find my next chapter, I did a lot of researching and volunteering in my community. I had met a few firefighters over the years and always asked them what it was like to be one. Every one of them said the same thing. Best job in the world. And now when people ask me, I tell them the same thing. The job hasn't failed me yet. Which current impact knockout do you most look forward to facing? If I'm being totally honest, all of them. I'm 100% not joking. I've been out of the game for almost 10 years, but I've been watching everything and everyone. I mean, let's face it. It's a different world out there. There is so much energy and excitement in the newest Impact locker room. Every knockout has something completely different to offer. And I know I could learn a lot from these kick-ass competitors in such a new and diverse locker room. I might teach them a couple of things too. You know, just saying. What was the best fan interaction you ever had? and the worst. 
a loaded question. First of all, the fans who love wrestling as much as I do are some of the best people I've ever met. They are loyal, they are knowledgeable, and they play a huge role in the sport. If there were no fans, there would be no show. You know who you are, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you. However, of course, there's another side to it. I've had a few unsavory situations involving some morally questionable individuals. It's a unique sport. Our fans aren't from any one particular walk of life or socioeconomic background. They come from everywhere. And some of them don't necessarily see us as athletes or even humans who feel, think, and, you know, hurt. I won't go into detail, but suffice to say, street smarts go a long way. If you have an intuition that something is off, you should always go with your gut. Trust me. Who was your favorite opponent? Awesome Kong and I had incredible chemistry. I got my ass kicked for almost three years by her, but truthfully, I loved every minute of it. What can I say? I'm a masochist. And yes, I am trying to pin her down for a future episode. Kia, if you're listening to this, holler at your girl. Hey, Taylor. Loving the podcast. I listen every week. Um, I want to know, how did it feel to become the TNA Knockouts champion? Oh, man. (laughs) I don't even totally know how to answer that. How do you describe actually reaching one of your dreams? You can't. After working so hard for so many years, putting everything out there and getting knocked down multiple times, it finally felt like I got the nod, the girl, the recognition, me adding my little piece to the history of women's wrestling. No words, really. Were there any ideas you pitched that didn't make it on TV that you wish you did? Or that you're glad you didn't in hindsight? Much love. So truthfully, I never had the opportunity to pitch a lot when I was there. And I also didn't push. It was a different time in the business. I was a lot younger. And I wasn't confident enough in my worth to the company to put my neck out there. I also didn't really think anyone would listen. But boy, do I feel differently now. Which current Impact Knockout do you look forward to facing the most? Easy. Deanna Perrazzo. I might as well aim high. What are some of the feuds you wish you could have had in TNA? Ooh, good one. You know, I would have loved to have been able to feud against Gail Kim. I think we really could have torn it up out there. Hey, Gail, you listening? Never say never. Out of the current Knockouts roster, who do you think you'd have the best in-ring chemistry with? Okay, so my knee-jerk reaction would be to say Kylie Ray or Deanna Perrazzo. They both have crazy skills and amazing energy. How did it feel to win the tag titles with Ayako Hamada? Did you guys spend much time together outside of the ring? It felt incredible. Those matches were some of the best of my entire career. I can't even begin to explain how underrated Hamada is. She's a beast in the ring. 
She's well-versed, strong, confident. And truly, I'll never understand why she didn't get the push she deserved. I loved every moment that I got to tag with her and wrestle against her. And she taught me an incredible amount. In real life, though, it might surprise you to hear, but Hamada is a quiet soul. In hindsight, I wish we hung out more outside wrestling, but maybe someday. Who was the best and worst knockout to be friends with outside of the ring? I apologize in advance because this is going to be such a boring answer. I've always been a weirdo because... I get along with almost everyone. I think that's part of why I fit in as a firefighter. What do you do? Hang around with the same group of people for 24 hours straight and in incredibly stressful situations. I don't personally fit into a single box, but I do treat everyone the way I wish to be treated. And let's be real, I wouldn't want bad blood with any of these women. There isn't a single doormat in the bunch. How did you feel after the Monsters Ball match? Was there a level of fear going in? Because I'm pretty sure the topic wasn't covered in wrestling school. Touche, my friend. So my first Monsters Ball match happened in 2009. It was me and Daphne. And yes, of course, there was a huge level of anxiety going into that match. I think a lot of wrestlers can attest to that feeling before a hardcore match. But on top of everything else, it was the first Monsters Ball ever to include female wrestlers. So there was all that pressure too. I knew I had to pull out all the stops. And this was a big moment, not only for the pay-per-view or even for my career, but for women's wrestling. I mean, shit. In the end, Daphne ended up going through thumbtacks and I jumped off a 20-foot speaker onto a table that I had spread Daphne on, so that was pretty wild. I'm pretty certain I lost a few notches off my bump card after that match. Hamada was one of my favorites and someone who I feel has never gotten her due. Any good stories with her? I wish. Unfortunately, that was at the end of my career and I'd really gone into myself and embraced my introversion at that point. All I can say is she is a world-class talent that never truly got the exposure she deserved and I wish we could have worked together more. Before there was a woman's revolution in WWE or other companies, TNA was the first promotion that put emphasis on women's wrestling. What do you think made the 2008 to 2011 knockout division become such a great asset to pro wrestling? Easy. The diversity, like no question. We were the first era of female wrestlers to break the mold and change the stereotype of the divas era. We were not a division made of models. We were characters, complete individuals, and misfits. We all came up through the independent scene, we paid our dues, and we all knew how to work hard. Many of us already had been working together for years. There was a strong sense of camaraderie, both in and out of the ring. We knew together we could create something special and change the face of women's wrestling. 
TNA gave us that opportunity. We had the platform to be ourselves and grow and push outside the norms. It was such a fun and exciting time in women's wrestling. That said, in my opinion, today, the Impact Knockouts division is still, by miles, the best women's division in wrestling. Yes, you heard me. Better than AEW and NXT. Hey Taylor, how would you compare Impact's current Knockouts division with the one where you, Sarita, Velvet, Angelina, and Gail, and many others created so many amazing moments? Good question. I've said it a few times, but it's simply the truth. Professional wrestling ebbs and flows with what is considered cool and in vogue. My heyday was at the very beginning of the diversification in women's wrestling. I'm talking about straying from the divas or model era. This is when the wrestling ring started to reflect real life, real women, and all backgrounds they came from. We were creating our own brand. I feel like that is what impact is again building. Now, women's matches are the main event on the show. They have more than one match and controversially wrestling other men and winning, by the way, which is, you know, a long way from what Sendai got. I think there is a sense of unity amongst the women, which contributes to a much more productive working environment. So how can't you produce a greater caliber of women's wrestling if that's what's happening? Hey, it's the Impact Knockout division that has made me want to resurrect from retirement. They make me want to get back in there. Do you think there will ever be diversity in women's division like there was in 2009? Good luck on the podcast. I think wrestling is fluid and forever changing. I think wrestling as a whole is very different in 2020 than it was in 2009. I think there will be an evolution of what we consider diverse. In short, yes. Hello, Taylor. When will you be visiting the most wonderful country in the world, Romania? When does Taylor Wilde receive her plane ticket? I'd love to have the opportunity to visit. I have never been. Resigerno, I'd love to go. Hey Taylor, loving the podcast. I listen every week. I want to know if you had the chance to revisit your past self in your wrestling career, which event or decision would you rewrite and why? Thanks. When I was in WWE Developmental, I was always waiting for my opportunity. I never wanted to cause any waves and I never pushed for what was rightfully mine which is crazy because it goes against everything I believe in. If I could change anything, it would be telling my 20-year-old self in WWE that you are enough. You have made it this far. They hired you. Do not be afraid to be your own advocate. Push, get in their face. This is a business. Stop being so damn Canadian and worrying that you're gonna be a pain in the ass. This is the name of the game, it's show business. You have to annoy people until they cannot forget you. 
It's the classic fake it until you make it. But in the same breath, I believe I am much stronger, more resilient and steadfast than I was 10 years ago. I think Taylor Wilde 2.0 has so much to offer from the experience I have gained. I wouldn't change my past because it has made me who I am. I feel really proud of everything I have accomplished and how I feel about the person I am inside. I can truly say I love myself because I now know who I am. And for that reason, I can be my biggest advocate. So even if I could have changed some things, ultimately, I had to walk away to grow. I am extremely excited for the now and the future. So don't go away. Stay tuned. What was it like working a storyline with Awesome Kong? Looking back, I have to say it was ultimately the highlight of my career. If you watched it, you know that arguably Awesome Kong made Taylor Wilde the super baby face you all came to know. In real life, you all need to know that she is an incredible athlete and an even more incredible person. I relished every match and I learned so much from her. I hope I get to work with her again in the future. And Kia, if you hear this episode, I want you to know you're a pretty special person and I adore you and I miss you. And I've got an upcoming episode waiting for you. So call me, girl. Hey Taylor, what was your favorite match you wrestled in TNA, besides the Hamada House Show? Easy. Money in the Bank match versus Awesome Kong when I became the Knockouts Champion. Why did they pair you and Hamada when Sorry Taylor broke up? That is an amazing question. No idea. Hi, Taylor. Was there ever a storyline that you turned down? Nope. I have always been open and game to anything. Game on. Were you ever supposed to have another title reign? I wish I had more insider knowledge, but truthfully, I cannot answer that question with confidence. What was your reaction to the 2009 lockdown situation where Angela Love got knocked out and you were basically alone on live TV? Concern? Shock? Panic? To those of you who didn't watch the match, it was in a six-sided ring surrounded by a cage that was like, I don't know, 20, 30 feet tall, and it was locked. So myself, Awesome Kong, and Angelina Love were all locked into the cage for this match. It was on live pay-per-view, so there's no edits for any missteps. You know, to pull the curtain back, Angelina was supposed to win the match and become the new TNA Nagas champion. At the end of the match, Awesome Kong had been tied to the cage by moi via her hair. And, you know, Angelina and I were supposed to have a bit of a scuffle, Tit for tat, boom, bang, Angelina Love was supposed to win. So what actually happened was Awesome Kong was tied to the cage by her hair 
I jumped off the top rope to do a crossbody on Angelina Love and my hip bone caught her chin just like a right hook and by the time we both hit the mat she was knocked out completely unconscious like not like I've had my bell rung like down for the count eyes rolled in the back of the head nobody home So I had to think on my feet. I had to lose this match, but it was just myself, Awesome Kong, and an unconscious person. So I ran over to Awesome Kong. I told her to kick me. I basically did an overinflated bump, pulled Angelina's lifeless body on top of me, and ta-da, new TNA knockouts champion. You're welcome, Angelina. I'm really sorry. That's it, friends, for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you to each and every one of you for providing me with the questions to even have a Q&A episode. I've always said, if there was no fans, there would be no show. And even though it's a strange time and we're not really socializing with each other at the moment, besides virtually, I still appreciate all of you for all your support allowing me to do this podcast. There were some really great questions. It enabled me to walk down memory lane and dig up some old memories that I definitely forgotten. So again, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast if it wasn't for all of you. And truthfully, even though this is about the women of professional wrestling, it's also for all of you who support us can't be thankful enough. Thank you for sticking with me each week as Wild On is growing. My goal is to bring you something fun and true to my misfit soul. I want to share the facts about women of the squared circle that often get missed. I want you to know about the women behind the hard hits, flips, and general badassery. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram or Twitter with any suggestions or things you might like to hear about. Also, please, 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 please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you like it. Taking out the time to give a five-star rating whilst leaving a comment will help bring your girl closer to a studio. Check out the Wild On merch store for all your Taylor Wild shopping needs. I will provide the link in the description. Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RealTaylorWild. That's wild with an E. As always, I could not do this podcast without the help of my badass bitch, editor and producer, Rochelle Duras, and the newest member to the Wild On team, my public relations queen, Madison Golshani. I love you guys. Until next week, stay calm and wild on.